welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. All right, we have a couple on the show today, which I'm really excited about. Welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian, Nick and Chelsea. Hey, what's Blake. up? <laughs> We're so excited to be on uh, your show, but also I just have to say, y'all, don't you agree that Blake just brings up so many things that you wish more Christians would bring up to conversation? I like was going to share this with you before we even started recording, Blake, but seriously, like even just the little nuanced things that I think I don't even think to bring out to the universe, like the pe- the people who like need to hear it, you bring it up, but you also bring up like really clear, concise reasons for why it's even important. And so I just think it's like really helpful. And I think you're doing really a great work. So yeah. I just wanted to say that. We've, we've actually had a vote. We've brought a committee together and we've held a vote on about you. Blake. Okay. Uh-huh. And we have all come to the determining decision that you are not indeed a, a crappy, crappy Christian. Christian. Uh, <laughs> am I gonna have to like put that title up? I'm gonna have to, oh, have to find a find a different one. Confessions of an ex crappy Christian. Yeah. An ex, yeah, just stick an X in front of it. Honestly, the so the crappy Christian moniker came from the verses where Paul's talking about boasting in his weakness, mm-hmm. and like therefore his power be made seen more perfect. Like he uses my weakness, so it's. First of all, it's just hilarious and it pulls people in. Yeah. But then also it's just being able to be like, like exactly what you were saying. Let's talk about this and the nuance in it. I think there are a lot of people that would disagree with you. <laughs> there are a lot of people that'd be like, no, she's a terrible Christian. But who cares, right? That's kind of the point. But thank you. That was really kind. I usually like spend the beginning of an episode hyping my guest up. So that was very <laughs> life-giving for me. Thank no, we, we, we're going to turn it around. No, no, we're not, because I can only handle so much. So I, I just want to go ahead and tell everybody, sow a seed of $10,000 to X, or yeah, to X Crappy Christian X-crappy Ministries Christian. for God to bless you more abundantly. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly how I run my ministry. Like we just, yeah, we just ask for money and oh my gosh, yeah. it's all good. We'll send you a bottle of water from like an old pond down the road okay. somewhere. We'll just slap a holy water label bless on it. it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll pray over yeah. it. It'll be legit. Hold it. Cool, cool, cool. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So if you couldn't tell from the way this conversation started, we're talking about marriage, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) What else would we talk about? What else would we talk about? So y'all are kind of a big deal on YouTube, right? Yeah, that's y'all's wheelhouse, which I know not like I don't know anything about the YouTube world. YouTube kind of terrifies me, if I'm being honest. Yeah. YouTube and TikTok are both very intimidating. I consume content there, but the idea of putting content on those platforms is that's a no for me right now. I'm going to be honest. It's mm, interesting. Yeah. Until God's like, okay, we're going to start taking new territory. I'm really comfortable on podcasting and Instagram. But didn't y- y'all started your channel when you were dating or when you were engaged? Well, so it's funny that you say that 
Nick and I actually merged the channel when we were dating, but the channel started when I was 13 years old. Oh my gosh. I was a makeup guru. So I was like, obviously, one of those girls that was really young outside doing her makeup. I mean, everybody at school really made fun of me and thought I was like really weird for doing what I did. (laughs) But I really enjoyed it. It was like an outlet for me to just be creative. And I followed all of the makeup tutorials and I had like a very huge fascination with like Asian beauty. And so I would follow all of those vloggers. And I mean, it's a very big world out there of like, you know, on YouTube of all the different things you can watch. But right when YouTube was kind of getting started in the first couple of years, all there was was comedy and like makeup videos. And then, yeah, video games kind of suddenly kind of took everything over. But yeah, I mean, it was such a fun place to be. There wasn't even AdSense for the first couple of years. So it was truly just a place where you just uploaded and we're just like having fun. That was kind it. of it. Oh, yeah. I followed Jacqueline Hill religiously. Yeah. I still do, honestly. I love her. But that was really my first encounter with wow. YouTube was honestly just watching Jacqueline Hill's content. And that's funny to me. Did Nick, did you have a channel too? No. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, are you two YouTubers that like fell in love? Because that's no, this is not a, this is not a, no, this is not one of those stories. No, I'm, I'm not Gabe Conti. (laughs) No, honestly, I, I had a completely different background. So Chelsea into it. Chelsea was like flying out to LA, like doing Nick's Face Awards and, you know, like meeting Perez Hilton and just like hanging out, living this like super glamorous life. And at least that's how it's perceived, I think, a lot of times. But uh, I actually grew up on a farm in north florida and so dead serious so That's chelsea's so like flying out to la like doing all this stuff and meanwhile and you're milking like, cows i'm on a tractor yeah turning dirt and that was like every day for me yeah and so uh we met when i was a freshman in college i was commuting twice a week down to uh santa fe in gainesville and i remember i was in the library one day and the library and the coffee shop are like kind of two in the same the coffee shop's built into the library and so I would go snag a cup of coffee and then I would go read for a while or scroll Twitter or whatever it was just to burn time between my next class. And uh, I got up to leave and I was walking to my next class and I scrolled on Twitter and I saw that Chelsea had liked a bunch of tweets of mine. And oh. like I'm a, little, I'm a little farm boy from Florida. And so I see this like blue check and I click on her profile and, um, you know, I see that she's built a pretty substantial audience and clicked on her YouTube video that was linked in her bio and it was a testimony video that she had put out and I thought that that was really awesome so I just sent her a DM I just said hey slid in those DMs love what you're doing I made it clear keep doing it for Jesus and yeah she she shot a message back and soon enough we uh were both going to Atlanta we both figured out that we were going to passion conference in Atlanta and met there in person and uh that was really where the big like god moment moment sort of happened and uh, yeah, if you read the book, you'll you'll see this. But uh, we were at Passion and we were in one of the worship services. I think it was day two or the last morning. I th- I'm pretty sure it was day two, though. And uh, it was around mid-afternoon. We're in the worship service. You know, I think a couple of preachers had gone already. And uh, we're about to go into the next set for someone to preach. I don't remember who it was going to be. But Chelsea and I are uh, side by side in the worship set. And we just like all of a sudden both like at the same time here like in our in our minds and hearts in a unique way that like you were 
standing right next to the person you'll marry. Yeah. And that sounds so dumb and like cliche and so Christian knees. Yeah. It's dumb. But it dumb. doesn't. I think if you've experienced it, I yeah. mine was on a baseball field with my husband. <laughs> he had just played a baseball game. We'd been friends for a while. They won the game and he came out and we like hugged and like we hugged and then I, we kind of like pulled our faces apart and looked at each other and it was literally sparked. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to marry this man, <laughs> period. I think it would have still happened, honestly, because he's literally my soulmate. But the people around us still to this day, 12 years later, will be like, hey, remember that time on the baseball field? That was the coolest. Like everybody was like, what just happened over there? Aww. So I personally hear stories like that. And I'm like, yeah, a hundred. I've, I've lived it. I believe it. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that was really the moment. It wasn't weird for either of us, but I do think that both of us were taken back a little bit. Did you communicate about it? No, not immediately. So we walk out of the service. I think it was for lunch or for breakout. I, I think I'm pretty sure it was for breakout session. A lot of fuzzy details here. I can remember. You remember the important stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we walk out and I just asked Chelsea some very vague question. I'm just like, how was that service for you? Like, what God say? And she was like, oh, yeah, God spoke for sure. <laughs> and I was like, what did, what did he, what did he say? He tell, what did, did he what tell did he you tell what you? he told me? What did he tell you? Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, I need to be more intentional in my friendships. Darn it. Dang it. <laughs> I was brushing Shoot. it, brushing it off. Well, because how are you supposed to say honestly? Right? How yeah. are you supposed to be like, yeah, God told me to marry you. Oh. Don't, I, I think yeah. it's wise right? and healthy it that y'all didn't communicate that. It totally, it totally was. Yeah. It yeah. totally was. So a week goes by, I think, and we finally confessed to each other that we had heard what we heard. And well, in that week, we both knew that like something was up. Yeah. Because we uh, both just like had this really odd communication style that was like, we were obviously attracted to one another, but we like didn't know how to, we didn't know how to like proceed after something like that. And I think that we were both just checking our own spirits. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. Lord, is that really you? Was that or, Right. Yeah. Why right. would that thought, why would that just download to me in such a random moment where I'm literally worshiping God and yeah. in his kindness, he tells me something like that. You know, it's not something I can just conceive in my own head, like so randomly. So that's how I kind of knew like it was God. But then when he told me, that he had heard the same thing. Yeah. I was like, so we got to work backwards now. Like, what do we do? Right. How do you start dating when you know right. yeah. <laughs> we're going to be together forever? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, it was honestly really weird. Until she just said that, I never realized that like our dating journey was like so backwards. Yeah. Most people mm -hmm. date to figure out if that's the person they're going to marry. And I think that we just like knew we were going to be married. I will say, I feel like it's a gift that you both got the same message because I knew I, we joke about this all the time. So it's funny, but I knew I was going to marry Jeremy pretty immediately. It took him a minute. Yeah. To catch up. All right. And that's most people. Right. And that's totally fine. And it was not bad. It wasn't hard. But I, I mean, I think it probably would have been fun if he would have figured it out earlier, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. I think it's cool that y'all were on the same page and yeah, you worked backwards, but you didn't work backwards. And as far as like, you still did things. I know it makes people uncomfortable, but there is a very clear order in which God intends relationships mm -hmm. to develop. And while it may have been quote unquote backwards, it actually was in order, right? Like you did yeah. follow the order that God yeah. 
is put ahead, ahead of you. You just kind of had a nice little bit of assurance that I think some people don't get early on. Yeah. And I honestly, I, I just really think that it gave us a whole new profound level of respect for one another mm-hmm. in those early days. Yeah. And obviously now that has grown. Uh, yeah. No. So now you like, don't respect yeah, so each like other I, anymore, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people, you know, you got to gotta cover yeah. your bases here. You always have to qualify. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think it really gave us a whole lot of respect for each other early on because we just both looked at one another as like, okay. God has put you in my life for a very, very specific reason. And I don't want to insult God Mm -hmm. by mistreating you or speaking to you illy or anything like that. And so uh, I thought that that was really cool. But like you said, there was a lot to figure out. So there was that assurance on the front end. But I mean, we still had to learn to trust one another and communicate and like, how do we actually interact socially? And there was a lot. I mean, live in the same state. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So from St. Louis, how long was your dating? Y'all start dating to being married. How long was that? Dating to being married two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought it was going to be way faster than that. (laughs) Like we did. Jeremy and I dated for a year and got married at a year and a half. Yeah. And I think that's a great, great timeline. I even meet people we met after a week and then they get married. Same. Oh, there's this dude on my Facebook. That I like, you know how like you get people on Facebook that like you accepted their request. You never met them and you never yeah. will. There's yeah. like a thousand of them. Yeah. There was this dude on my Facebook I saw the other day. He met this girl two weeks ago and they married, bro. Okay. But sometimes it works because my husband's dude, uncle, yeah. they met, dated, got engaged and got married in six months. Wow. They He just passed away earlier this year and they'd been married like 40 years. Isn't that wild? Isn't that just wild? I'm like, you can't tell me that there is nothing to when you know, you know. Because I really do believe, especially in Christ, like let's, I'm sure that there's a degree of when you know, you know, in the world. But if we're talking about Holy Spirit, when you know, you know, so I'm supposed to trust God and his direction on everything else. But if he gives me very clear directive on who I'm supposed to marry, that's ridiculous. Come on, like at least be consistent. Yeah, totally. This is really where the rubber starts to meet the road with culture and with Christianity, I think, mm-hmm. uh, is that we've tr- we've tried so hard in Christianity to get ourselves like sort of like vaguely in the image of culture to where it's like not weird to them anymore. Yeah. But dude, yeah. I'm just like becoming more of the opinion as I get older and as I follow Jesus more that if I don't look progressively like more different weird. and distinct and strange maybe to the culture around me, then like what is setting me apart? So exactly. Jesus says that I'm a holy people set apart for His glory. But if I look just like the world and I'm no different than them, I don't live different than them. I don't treat relationships any different than them. My marriage is no different than theirs. Then what is the appeal of the gospel? Right. What are we even wasting our time doing? And I think the good news is, is that it's Jesus that makes us different, right? right? It's not this checkbox list that we're trying to, you know, I think that some Christians can put themselves under an inordinate amount of pressure to look different. And I'm like, oh, wait, but like, that's so close. It's just incomplete, right? Parts in the right place. Usually I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes people are just jerks, but I think we're all trying. Then there's the other side of that coin, right? Where you don't want to be too weird, where people don't want to have anything to do with you, because then how are you supposed to harvest if you can't get people to do life with you? It is this constant give and take of, I think our own convictions, our own 
guidance of the Holy Spirit being able to say, I can go to a bar. I can go to a bar with my husband's friends and we can all hang out and I can even have a drink if I am so inclined. And not because of legalism, I'm not going to get shit-faced because I want to look different, because I want to be able to love these people to the utmost of my ability, and that hinders that. That's a totally different experience than I can't drink. Right, yeah. Because I want to look different. Exactly. I think this is why Paul, you know, says that I became all things to all people. And then also, I think that this is why it's called the fruit of the spirit and not the fruit of my efforts. Amen. Is that it's the spirit in me and as a result of his Holy Spirit living in me, which like there's a lot of Old Testament theology I could get into of like the temple was where the spirit dwelled then. Right. God calls me the temple. The spirit dwells within me now. So I am his temple. But it's it's that spirit's presence in me and the overflow yeah. in my life as a result of that, that makes me different. It's not me trying to toil and manufacture and yes. labor and be like a good works factory. Because people can see that. Exactly. Yeah. Because I don't know how to interpret the book of James with Paul's theology. And so now I'm like, well, or, you know, faith without good works is dead. So I need to, I need to go and like, like love my brothers and love my sisters. And I need to. Right. And honestly, I mean, I have family, I have family members like this who like. 100%. They drive themselves bananas. They, they go crazy. They rub themselves completely, uh, run themselves completely dry and uh, honestly stay on empty all the time. And so there's no joy in their heart that actually overflows into life. It's like, if I don't do these good things, God's going to hate me. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's just not the gospel. No. Maybe if some of y'all out there believe that this can be a word to set you free, that is not the gospel. And not even in condom. It's not in condemnation. I don't think anybody no. in this conversation is being like, you're wrong. We're right. It's more, hey, it's, this is way better. Yeah. There's freedom. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> yeah, There's freedom, right. man. And Blake, one thing that God's really been teaching me through this past year, I've been going through this super transformative counseling and I used to recommend like a ton of different types of counseling that were Christian based. Uh-huh. But this one has been so founded on like true discipleship. And she's walked me through three core lies that I've believed that has trickled into like sin patterns that I have kind of walked into my whole life, not thinking that they were sin because they're so normalized in my behavior. Yeah. But I mean, the core lies were about God, myself, and others. And so I have believed my whole life that God was conditional because I treated him like when I feel good about our relationship, you're closer to me. But Christ, he has made his Holy Spirit to dwell with us. We are as close as we'll ever get, no matter how we feel. So it's like, I have to submit these feelings yep. to where, where they belong. And I think like that has been so radical for me is realizing that we can have almost uncovered lies that we're believing that don't allow us to even accept truth, like what we're even talking about. Like, oh, really? The gospel can be so freeing like that? Well, I can't even receive that because there's these ingrained lies that God hasn't quite walked me through. Like, You will know know the truth truth. and the truth will set you free. Right. And so people are in this bondage that they're unknowingly kind of walking around in. And that sometimes the church is affirming. Yeah. Sometimes the like if you get in the wrong current, you can find Christians who will affirm works-based salvation. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's even in the Protestant church. Right. So it's not about like, oh, like you messed this up. You got these lies wrong. 
You heard these lies somewhere and you probably heard them somewhere that you considered trustworthy. Right. Very possible. And this, again, yeah. And oh man, this is good. This can go in a million different directions. But I mean, this is what like why truly, like seriously, this is why we're to test everything with the spirit. If someone says something with enough passion and with enough conviction, yeah, with enough authority and with enough conviction and with enough passion and with enough charisma, you're gonna you're gonna buy it you're gonna buy it no matter how crazy it sounds we could go through a we could go we could sit here all night and go through a list of world leaders from millennia ago to now who just say stuff with a lot of charisma and passion and people just jump on board. and they get people to do crazy things like honestly chelsea you abandoning truth is low on the totem pole of crazy things that people have done and this isn't all about like putting responsibility in someone else's lap it's just I think that it is easy, especially today, to get caught up in what people are telling you. And I love what you said, Nick, about testing. I think we should be fact-checking our pastors. We should be fact-checking our podcasts and our books against the word of God all the time. Because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the problem that we see in Christianity today is because Christians are believing what they've been told, not what they've learned, not what they've found. It's what they've been taught with good intentions. I'm not even here to say that like these people that are teaching legalism and all of that are trying to put people under the burden of the law. They may really think mm -hmm, that this is the way. That's just the lens that they see life through. And they're just trying to, they're just trying to give you what they see. They're Mm -hmm. just trying to help you see kind of what they see. And it's not that, you know, there's ill intent or that they're bad people or any of those things. Mm -mm. It's just that their lens that they view life through is a very narrow lens. Yeah. And, and, you, you can't fault someone for that, but I do nope. think it's important for us to zoom out and look at the whole picture and then trust the spirit that's within you. If God has saved you, then his Holy Spirit is within you. Surely I will not take my spirit from you is what the word says. So his spirit is within you. And so if that's the case, then you can test whatever it is that you're hearing, whatever it is that you're thinking or feeling or those inner thoughts that you're struggling through. Whether And this is in the context of everything. This is a Sunday morning at your church. This is questions that you have about the Bible. This is questions that you have about marriage, about dating, about who it is that you're supposed to spend your life with. This runs into every vein of life. And so, uh, you know, becoming someone who is familiar with the word, with the story arc of the Bible, and with what God says about really in the in the context of the bigger struggles that I think a lot of us have through life. I mean, that's just going to pay dividends. That That is just something Amen. that you will never waste your time doing. Like you'll never spend time doing that. And then get five years down the road and be like, man, I'm so bummed out. I spent yeah. all that time learning what God says and like how to right. test the word. What a waste. <laughs> yeah. Like that will never happen. No. Thirty million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. And if you're among them, I need you to know that you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver some results. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement. It supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of thinning. Nutrafol has three physician-formulated formulas using natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients so you can get the most reliable results. And in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. 
You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Blake to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer they offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Blake. Wanted to take a second and make sure you knew that my flagship course for content creation and social media growth and management is going to open for registration on March 28th. This is a six-part course that is not just for content creators. It is for anyone who wants to leverage the power of social media and free marketing for their business, their ministry, their personal voice, and it goes through everything you could possibly need to know about showing up well on social media, being true to yourself, keeping God as the focal point, and being successful, monetizing, and growing. You can find out more about Run Your Race by going to thegirlnamedblake.com slash course. Join the waitlist. Don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. Well, and I think that's a good segue into talking about relationship and about marriage because, and I, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't even know if this is something that's in your book, but we're going to talk about it anyway, is in terms of testing, mm-hmm. people in your life in their own stuff are going to try to tell you who you are and what you bring to the table. And if we're being honest, I think most of us that are married have been in seasons where we have try- either been the one trying to tell the person that we love who they are or the person that we love is trying mm-hmm. to tell us who we are. And if you don't test that stuff, their hurt can spill over into your identity. Do y'all have any experience with that or is that just us? <laughs> no, I think I we definitely do have experience with that. But I will say just from my perspective, more of my struggle, Blake, has looked like trying to be my husband's Holy Spirit and oh, yeah. trying to correct him on every little thing that I'm like, I've been praying for this, but I haven't seen it yet. So maybe I should just bring it up. Yeah. And it's real. And it's, it's, it's hard a lot of times where you feel like, you know, maybe you're praying for a specific thing to, to find unity in and in your marriage, that's not always promised that you're not, you're always going to agree on every single little thing. Right. But I can trust that God is going to see us through in that process to help us find understanding more in, in one another, to help us like see each other in our differences and why we believe what we believe. And then trust that if it is incorrect on either side, that God will correct it in his time and that I don't have to like submit to my own timing. I I find that I try to speed things up when sometimes God's like, no, this is going to be more of like a slower pruning process that might be a little painful. Yeah. And it's necessary. And I think that like that's what I need to hear a lot of times as a wife is that like my nagging, my try to assert like everything that I feel about a situation is not helpful. If anything, a lot of times it can be harmful. Yeah. And so I have to like take a back seat but sometimes. sometimes. But sometimes it is helpful. <laughs> I was going to say, it, I think that that is one of those things that I love talking about and learning about. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave you out, Nick. We're going to involve you in the conversation, but being a woman and being a wife and what does that look like? And what is my role? And sometimes we, like, I personally believe that women 
are gifted with a different kind of intuition than men. And that is a gift to our husbands. And that is cool in their belt of walking through life. And that's what I want to be to my husband. So that looks like discernment. And it looks like, again, I love that we keep coming back to like testing your thoughts, testing about what you're being told, because am I nagging or am I encouraging? Am I nagging or am I challenging something that needs to be challenged in his life? I do believe that that line is fine. I think you can very easily like slip your foot off into, right? I'm up his butt about something that God (laughs) is doing on his own. And like everybody involved is like, could you just chill out? Right. Yeah. I think, uh, I I think a lot of it's like, what's the intent behind it? A hundred percent. So like, do I have pure intent with bringing this to the forefront or like, is this just really annoying me? Yeah. And I just want to like stop with doing that. You know? Yes. So, you know, I think, it, I think it's all about what's the thing behind the thing. Yes. Either if, if you're married or even if you're dating um, and you're maybe engaged, like this is across the board. I think a lot of times like our frustration that can come off in com- conversations where we're trying to be heard and seen, those are all valid needs, but there's some things that we're looking for in our partner to fix or validate or make us feel better about that they can't do. Like they can't meet every single little need. And God is inviting us in those moments to say, hey, you're frustrated right now. I see you in this. I know that even motherhood can be hard. I know that you have these, these like moments where you're like, oh my goodness. Like, why can't I just get a hold of like the way that I feel in these moments? Why is it so triggering to me? Like bring them to him. Maybe journal about it. Like see how he's going to like bring you through that because there's times where I'm just like, can you just fix this in me, Nick? Because this is really frustrating for me to keep struggling with. Like, why do I running into this? But it's my responsibility to like take it to God and allow him to change me rather than like, hey, make this easier for me. (laughs) Well, and also acknowledging that like there are things we're not going to find healing in this side of heaven. And are we okay with, are you okay with that? I'm personally, I have a ton of anxiety, like physical anxiety manifests pretty intensely for me sometimes. And I'm the same way. I'm like, can you just fix it? Just fix, I'm doing all the things. I'm checking all the boxes. I take the medicine. I do the workouts. I eat the food. I drink like what the heck. And sometimes love is my husband sitting across from me being like, this may be the rest of your life. And I'm going to be right here mm. next to you, like helping you forge through it. But it's not my job to fix it or take it away or even make it better. Like that's, that's God's job and he does it really well. (laughs) So he could do it way better than I can. Yeah. And that can be hard to hear, but is I think one of the most beautiful manifestations of love is this, you may struggle with this forever and I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I think uh, I would add to that. I think one of the most beautiful demonstrations of love is like staying present and well, really just staying. In in the struggle, amen. Like staying in the garbage, in the not fun times, the not sexy times, in the times where there's sickness and death and sadness. It takes something a whole lot deeper and a whole lot different to stay uh, Mm -hmm. in times like that. And not just stay. I think you're not just saying staying physically. Yeah. No. 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 I'm saying emotionally, mentally. Spiritually, yes. mentally, yeah. And and not just like staying in a present sense. I mean like staying interested. 
yes. staying in pursuit. Yes. Staying in consistency. Yeah. Uh, that's that's something way different than just like, yeah, I'm here. And that's right. where I think we have so much access as believers because sometimes in, I think, relationships, I look at couples that don't know Jesus and, and I see them like really burnt out and frustrated. And like, I just wonder, like, where do they turn to when they they find that they're at the end of themselves? And we know from scripture, like in that moment, that's where Christ literally shines and can mm-hmm. can hold us through. And I've just seen like the moments where I just surrender and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm I'm at literally my wits end. I've seen the grace of God so heavy in those moments where I'm like, this is undeniable. God is so real and yeah. he wants this for every single person. He desires everyone to come unto, semi- all, unto salvation, salvation with him. Yeah. And I just think that like that keeps me in like a childlike wonder too. Like mm. even you mentioning like about like maybe experiencing anxiety your whole life. Like I just want to believe that I have like the spirit of like a four-year-old little kid that keeps knocking at its parents door like let me in let me in I'm gonna keep being persistent till you like let me in you know because maybe he will heal you you know here on earth and like I just love just having that openness of like and God you can do anything daring to believe yeah yeah I think daring to believe can go hand in hand with like the here and now and not just with anxiety right it's everything it's everything on earth pales in comparison to the glory that we're going to experience. And I talk about that a lot, that I think so much of the Christian disposition has lost the wonder of eternity because Mm -hmm. the world is noisy and life can be really hard and marriage can be hard and motherhood can be hard. And I get it and I do it all the time, but I can tell Mm -hmm. you with confidence that when my eyes are set on eternity and the glory and wanting to bring as many people with me as I can, everything's better yeah oh i don't know i don't know how much time we have to go down this rabbit hole um (laughs) but i feel like you should rename your podcast i feel like you should be like theories of theology or something (laughs) but so this this has really been blowing my mind lately i didn't learn this in my undergrad even at bible college this has just been more of a survey of scripture and i'm not claiming to be right so don't go and Repeat me. I love that you give so many qualifiers because I do the same thing. So I'm yeah, like, I know I'm t- I can, my brain can think what you're, I know what you're thinking. It's yeah. not what I'm saying. Dude, I'm just like waiting on somebody to just like go dig up an audio bite in like 10 years and be like, well, you said this. So you right. Oh, you know, I'm yeah. just sure that's going to happen. So I have to qualify like everything I say for longevity purposes. But anyway, something uh, that I've been thinking about that makes a lot of sense to me is that, uh, and just go with me here for a yeah. second, is that earth in a sense, was heaven at creation before the fall of mankind. Why? The reason why is because wherever God dwells with humanity is heaven. Is heaven. There is nothing more heavenly than the manifest presence of God dwelling amongst his creation. That is, by definition, heaven. So it's not some like loft. Hold on. Hold on, sister. It's not some like ethereal area with like a big door gate on it that once you enter into now you are in the proximity of heaven yeah go with me here so if by definition heaven is wherever god and man are dwelling together and then jesus says in the new testament to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven and then 
we go on to read that his spirit dwells within man, and surely he will not take his spirit from us, is what Ezekiel says. Are we already in heaven? Then wouldn't it? What? No, well, not are we, are, are we already in heaven, but is the purpose of the human life to extend the grace of God and to extend that taste, that glimpse of heaven that we have here and now into the earth? Because yeah. yes, there will be a new heaven and a new earth, but if God is already dwelling within me now, I don't have the fullness of his presence here with me now, like in the sense that he's over in this other chair, you know, at the table eating dinner with me. Like this is like Luke 24, the road to Emmaus right. type deal. But I just think that it's really interesting that we just have such a distant view of God. And that's the whole reason I bring this up is like, God is so distant. God is so far. God is not with me in my current circumstance. God is not with me in my current situation. God must be overlooking me right now because my life is absolutely hell. Uh, we we just have like have all these different things that we feel and that God is like so far away. Whereas I think that God could not potentially be closer than he is right now, even if he tried. No. I just think that that's like amazing. Like when you yeah. fully wrap your, like it's my opportunity, like it's my gift and joy to go and create other pockets and other extensions of heaven here on the earth. Uh, like that's the whole purpose of the gospel. Like that's the whole purpose of of Mark sixteen fifteen is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Like bring heaven to earth now. Like you have the ability to do that now. And so honestly, on my life, like that's the that's the whole point of evangelistic ministry. Mm-hmm. Nick, why do you travel and preach the gospel? Like that's the reason. It's yeah. Like because I believe that heaven can come to earth now through the gospel. And because you've experienced it. Yeah, I've tasted it. And you're like, this is goodness. too good yeah. to not believe. Dude, like we were sitting at dinner the other night, and I'm like, Chelsea, try this. This is so good. It's a, it's a meal. It's mm-hmm. food. Like, mm-hmm. it's roasted duck. <laughs> and so I've tasted something so much better, which is the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And that begs the question, is it, ha- have you really tasted the real deal? Or have you tasted a counterfeit? And is this all this working and all this running in circles and all this trying to be a good person so that God will love you? Like, I think you might be tasting like some frozen junk meal that you popped in the microwave for 45 seconds and not like the homemade gourmet roasted duck that I got. Over. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm chewing on something way different than you got over there. And it is so different. It is. It's so distinct. It is. So I, I used to kind of look at people that I... I love I love that comparison. Roasted duck TV dinner, right? <laughs> it, it's not that, and I just, again, this is another qualifier. It's not that we're looking down on the TV dinner. It's that we want more. Like we want. Yeah, you're made for more. It, it can be difficult to want more for people than they want for themselves. And I've experienced this at, in my online presence. You'll tell people that and they are real comfortable with their frozen TV dinner. And they are offended that you think that your dinner is better than theirs. I'm like, no, it's not that I think I'm better than you. He's better than you think he is. Mm. And honestly, it's like that. Hey, I don't have to sit here and tell you that no. it's better. How about I just carve you off a little piece here and you you just decide for yourself. You take this with you. Take the duck. Yeah. Take the duck with you. <laughs> Maybe try that out. Try like try that out. Try the freedom out. Try the grace out. Try the pressure is off. He is better than you think he is. Can do more than you've ever dreamed. And I, like, you cannot taste that and not become complete. Like I, you don't want anything else. Right. 
But there's a real battle, like a spiritual battle going on where the enemy tries to make us forget mm. how important and how precious we really are and how much Ooh, authority yeah. authority we can walk in and and what he's called us to do, but also who who we are. I mean, I think a lot of us are walking around distracted. And I think distraction is one of the key tools right now that the enemy is using in our generation to get people to forget what their purpose is, how loved they are, how much they don't have to try. And I just think- Try to be loved. Try try to earn. And I come from a background of trying to earn through performance. And getting free of that has been a really big process. But once I expose the lie that that is what I've been trying to do my whole life, I am living more free than ever. Yeah. And I just want that for every single person. And just like knowing that, wow, I have been distracted. Like, what can I do to, to not, to not be distracted anymore? Like, and that you can be distracted by good things. Yeah. The distraction, yeah. just things that are distractive aren't always sin. They're not always mm-hmm. bad. You can be distracted from the best thing by good things. Right. You know, like motherhood. I love being a mom. Motherhood is a gift. It is that is scripturally, biblically a gift and an honor. Mm-hmm. But if all of my time and attention is on motherhood, first of all, I'm not going to be the mom or the wife or the person that I've been created to be. But I, like we've been talking about, I'm going to run myself ragged trying to do this the best. Mm-hmm. When like you get to really, you just get to be Mary. I want to be Mary. I want to sit at his feet. I want to mm-hmm. be in awe of him. And I want to work out of that. Yeah. We've been talking for almost an hour and have barely talked about marriage. <laughs> uh, well, I just wanted to tie up that section with this is uh, this has just been the mantra on, I don't know, my life for like the past couple of years, ever since I read it in college, the Westminster Catechism. And it's so simple to mm. know God and enjoy him forever. The end mm. goal of the human life to know God and enjoy him forever. The, the whole statement is the chief end of man is to know God and enjoy him forever. And I think a lot of us, uh, we know God, but we dread mm. walking with him. We dread getting up with him. We dread what the Holy Spirit's going to ask of us or, you know, maybe lead us to do today. And I don't know. I just really want to help people like flip the script on that. Because yeah. I think if that's the outlook, I just don't think that's a real deal. I agree. Like, you can spot a fake. And it's not that they're fake. It's incomplete. Yeah, it's incomplete. Yeah, there's like the difference in a real apple and then them little plastic apples that like sit at yeah. your nanny's house on the, yeah. the dining or on the coffee table, you know, and they got in a little basket and it yeah. looks all pretty. And then you go to take a bite and it's foam. Like right. there's just a difference in that. Like it looks the same, but it ain't, it's not the real deal. Right. And so I, just helping people like clear up that distinction, that's just a real passion point of mine. It is. It's a huge passion point of mine, which is I think we will, why we why we've talked so much. our conversation completely, and we're just like, wait, but let's talk about the real thing because this is what I like. Yeah, I'm super passionate about marriage. It is one of the most important things in my life. But the reality is, and I don't mean this in a cheesy way, we've really talked about marriage the whole time because if you don't get this stuff, buckle up, partner. Like this stuff cannot help but bleed into every part of your life. When you experience that kind of freedom, when you experience that kind of grace, that is the cup overflowing that right. And it overflows into everything. There is such a distinct difference. I mean, for us, we've been together 12 years. I look at the first like (laughs) six to eight years of our marriage where neither of us got this. And that was in part because of like the leadership that we were under in it. This isn't what was being taught. I remember when we went to the church that we're at now for the first time, we walked out and we're both like, did you know? 
I didn't know. Did you know that? Did you know we were dead to the law? What? Like all of that kind of stuff that has been so radically transformative for our marriage. Praise God. That, you know, this is the, it's real hard to build on sand. It's Mm. real hard to build on the, the, not the real thing. But then you get the real thing. You start running in step with one another and you kind of are looking at each other going, was it always supposed to be like this? (laughs) This is way better than the way we've been doing it. It's crazy that you say that. Matthew 7, that chapter that you're referring to there about building on sand versus rock. I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the passages that I would say really provoked my interest in becoming a Christian. Yeah, it was that. And I heard it uh, about a month before I ended up going to a summer camp where I eventually did give my life to Christ from a John 3 sermon. But it was that, that like, man, my life is built on a shaky foundation. There's nothing firm. That's just kind of where the wind blows is where I go. Yeah. It was that passage that really illuminated that to me. And um, I knew that I wanted more. I knew that I yeah. wanted to be on the rock and, um, and praise God that he was faithful to draw me into salvation as he said he would. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. So awesome. Praise God for like the freedom that you guys have found. I mean, that's just such a, that's such a God story. It is. It definitely is. You have a book coming out. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have we not, have we not referred to that? I don't think we have at all. And I apologize. Marriage minded 10 ways to know if you found the one. It comes out in like two weeks, right? It is. Yes. Is this your first book together? Yeah, our first book together. together. My together. first uh, publishing. You have my... two, right, Chelsea? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My third, his first. Yes. Congratulations. That's... Women are so much more talented than men. That was such a better way to say that. Chelsea's like, yeah, my third, his first. I'm just yeah. sitting here. Well, it's mine first. And <laughs> over here, like, the extended version. Like an idiot. The extra bonus no, it's, it's great. We've really covered what your book is about. I really do believe that. Like this, because marriage is built on everything we've talked about. The book is really just 10 different biblical parameters, all of which, well, I don't know about all of which, but I would say most of which we've at least alluded to in some facet or form today. Yeah. Yeah. Like mostly for those who are preparing to be married, uh, like in the dating engagement scene that really want to start off on like a firm foundation of like, what are the 10 things that I need to get in line with the person that I love? Yeah. Before we really enter into something that God deems is real serious and a covenant, you know, with him. Yeah. Arguably the most serious thing uh, outside of salvation on this side of eternity. I mean, this is a reflection of Christ and the church. Yeah. So this isn't this isn't something to just goof off and wander into. I mean, um, so, yeah, uh, we get really practical. uh, and, And I'll just say this. Honestly. A lot of these things that we put in the book were birthed out of a lot of frustration points yeah, that we yeah. had in our dating slash engagement journey and stuff that we wish that we knew. And we think that it is a really great middle between the really, I, I would say, the really uh, deep, heart, depthful conversations and then the really, I don't know, cerebral, common mm-hmm. sense. Here's the stuff that just Data says it makes sense. God says it makes sense. And history through human, or at least like, yeah, history through humanity says that it makes sense. So probably be a good idea if you did that too. Staying out of debt, uh, investing wisely, uh, learning how to communicate well and not freak out when somebody comes to you with a disagreement. You get all offended about it because you just think that everything you ever said in your whole life is 100% right. And anybody who disagrees with you is an idiot. Like getting that stuff right before you get married. 
And then there's the other stuff that's really deep that Chelsea's now going to allude to as well. So I talk a lot about the heart and how emotional health is really important and emotional intelligence, as well as just diving into like how the dynamics of your family and how you are raised can, when you're merging the two, can be kind of a, a dance of like, what family are we creating? What are you used to that maybe is not good? What am I used to that's not good? And how do we marry what is healthy and start off there? So And identifying the garbage that both of you are believing that maybe you don't even see or know and weeding that out so you can actually see a clear picture and unify that clear picture together so that you can be all that God has called you to be and not some jumbled up mess that you got to work through for the next decade and then eventually get right and be like, well, where, why didn't I get this right? Yeah. Which is essentially what we've, what my husband and I have done, honestly. Like we could have, we could have probably benefited from your book 10, 12 years ago when you were children. If I only wasn't 13 at the time. Right. Stop. You're not supposed to make the host feel old. <laughs> what the frick? <laughs> no, I think you would have been 15. No, right? Depends on if you're saying honey, 10 or 12. Honey, I am 25. Let's do right. I, I was not good at math. I'm yeah. not good at math. But I was 22 when I got married. So 12 years. I was 21. So very yeah. similar. Very young. But I have no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> Tell people where they can like connect with y'all online. YouTube, Instagram, all the things. Yeah. So we're Nick and Chelsea on YouTube. And official Nick H for Nick on Instagram. Yeah. Chelsea Khurst. Um, And then for the book, if you want to buy the book, it's on any. All the places. Yeah. Anywhere you want to buy. Usually Amazon. Subtle Flux. It's everywhere. You can find it in your backyard. Find it wherever you get your books. You can find it in your grandma's woodshed. It's it's (laughs) anywhere. Anywhere that you go to get books, you can find it. You somehow brought out this side to my husband today. I love it. He just wants to talk it, talk it, talk it. I'm a terrible influence in that way. I like to think it's because people are just comfortable and then they know they can just be ridiculous because I'm ridiculous. But this was so much fun. And I love that it was the most derailed from the intended topic conversation. Those actually are usually my favorites. Yeah, it was it was honestly really refreshing for us. So yeah, thank you I don't for know. letting us do that. A lot of fun. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just think the, the older I get, probably the same for you, the older you get. And I don't know. I just don't want to be as serious. I just want to, I don't know, just communicate. Yeah, just communicate in a fun way where people can engage and listen and learn. And yeah. This was awesome. This Thanks was for having awesome. us on. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.